Mzansi's sporting milestones, moments and stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musia. Okay, so let's speak to a man who has played over 100 times for his country. Enjoyed a wonderful career in Europe. He was in Holland. He was in Germany. He went to England. Played also in England over 100 matches for Blackburn Rovers before moving to Portsmouth. I mean, this is such a glittering uh, career. Not many South African players can have uh, such um, teams that they've played for such a career on their CVs. And let's speak to the man himself now. 2010 Bafana Bafana FIFA World Cup captain Aaron Mukwena. Good evening, Mbazo. Thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM tonight about your career, sir. Evening, Tiza. Thank you for having us. Listen, Tiza. There is no luck in football. Go on. Great stuff. That's exactly <laughs> where we can start, Mbazo. What does it take <laughs> to have such a great career and such longevity? I'm saying, what does it take to have such a great career that has seen you play all over Europe? It's fire in the belly. That's what I always call it. Uh, Fire in the belly, a thrive. You know, once you had um, role models in your life, um, those role models, they teach you how to to set goals or how to have goals in life. So um, I had that that drive. Um, I had role models. So I think um, that's what made me uh, Mbazo today. Mm. And we're going to go back to your career, but how is life after football, after such a career? It's beautiful because um, every time when I knock at the door, no one would ask me, who are you? So basically, Uh I always say, um, we're so fortunate because we have two lives. You have a life to make another life. So uh, from the dusty streets of Bibatong, I managed to make, uh, to make this other life uh, that I can knock at any door. No one would ask, um, who are you? And some so yes. life after football, it's, yes. uh, it's beautiful. I'm, I'm enjoying myself. I'm, I'm enjoying myself. Uh, I've got three kids that have uh, properties uh, and offshore. So um, right now, it's all about now uh, making sure that um, Aaron Mukwena himself uh, make sure that um, that image stays as, as it is. And do those kids realize who their father is or what the father achieved? They, they, they're so smart. They're so smart, Kiza. <laughs> I promise you, they're so smart. They even teach me. They teach me things that I, I didn't know before. Uh. Um, you know, um, I get home at times. When I get home, um, they would ask me, Daddy, are you okay? They, they, they could see me. They, they, uh. they could realize that... Um, uh, if something is wrong, if I'm okay, and and that for me, I think it's a it's a cherry on cho- on, on top. Mm. But the point is that um, the life I'm living right now, uh, I'm living for them uh, through the life that uh, I have built. You know how it is with us. We we tend to to forget or we tend to meet uh, wrong people in life. And, and then people, when it comes to retirement, they know more where to be found. Mm. So uh, my kids right now, they're my friends, and they know, they know when daddy is, um, is angry, when daddy is happy. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, uh, that's the life that I'm living right now. Do they play in Basel? Uh, unfortunately, they, they girls. <laughs> but still, do they play in Basel? Play 
what? So they, football. They're intellectuals. They're intellectuals, uh, Jesus. They're intellectuals. Okay. So basically, um, they in schools, they in multiracial schools, fortunately. And uh, uh, one tried to play netball. Uh, one, the eldest, she's a, she's a singer, an artist. Uh, she's starting. She's a, she has a, her own company right now. Wow! And then the last one, she's only uh, she's only a baby sham. Yeah, you must give her a soccer ball when she grows up. She must get used to it. <laughs> Bazo, some players get into coaching, some administrations after their careers. Others just start all over again. For you, what was the plan? My plan is uh, I never wanted to get in coaching. Um, I've done. Uh, sport management, so um, I'm sitting here with uh, a degree in sport man- management. I always wanted to be a manager, uh, but right now uh, I feel that, you know what, I need to take that care or I need to uh, make sure that uh, uh, I teach. And teaching, for me, I, f- I felt that, um, yes, I need to get into coaching. So i um, I mean, CUF a license uh, yeah. that, that I'm thinking to get in coaching. So basically, uh, sooner, sooner or later, I'll be announce, announcing that um, I'm a coach. Wow. But there was a time when we were so happy to see you being roped in at Bafana Bafana. You were the team manager. How was that experience for you? No, it was. It was, it was a serious uh, experience. Hence, I'm saying that I never thought that um, I'll get in, into coaching. But sitting, sitting back with the likes of uh, Pitom Simani, uh, uh, um, they, they taught me something that, look, you know what? Um, we think that um, we need footballers, more footballers into, into coaching. So... Um, as much as I have equipped, equipped myself, I felt that, um, why not? Mm. I mean, uh, I have all qualifications to, to be a manager. I have qualifications to be, to be a coach. So um, right now, as I'm saying to you, uh, sooner or later, I'll be announcing that um, I have joined one team uh, as a coach. Great stuff. And as a team manager, what was, what was your role there exactly? What, what were you tasked to do at Bafana? I was the, the assistant manager to uh, Mr. Bani Kujani. Mm. So the reason why, actually, I was the manager, uh, the assistant manager to Bani Kujani, I felt that uh, Mr. Bani Kujani is about to uh, to go to retirement. So we need somebody to uh, to be to take over. So my my idea to Safa was that uh, look, remember that. We had Baniku Jenny from Ahmad Luk Luk. Yes. And now he's about to retire. So uh, do you mind if maybe I can I can be somewhere there to assist him? So when he, he goes to retirement, I can take over. So, uh, but the experience was amazing. was amazing. And, and the fact that I have worked with uh, Mr. Bunny for a very, very long time, uh, I, felt, I felt that uh, right now, actually, I can talk that I can take that management role uh, to to the next level to what I'll, I want to do right now. Remember, in in the UK, we don't call uh, coaches um, coaches. Basically, mm-hmm. we we have managers, assistant managers, and coaches. Mm-hmm. 
So once you are a manager, you're not a liven. Um, here at home and in the U.S. and other countries, we tend to say um, he's a coach. So in EPL, we say he's a manager, assistant manager, and a coach. So a coach, you're the one that takes over in terms of um, the sessions and whatnot. But when it comes to running of the club and the the budget and whatnot, you are a manager. You oversee. Basically, when shit were to, were to hit the rock, you're the one to get fired. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I had fun with uh, Mr. Bani Kujani, and that experience, I think, is going to take me very, very long time. Very long. And it also seemed like players enjoyed working with you. You seem to be the link between the players and the coach and the administration. But we were all surprised, Mbazo, that it ended. Why did it end? Why did you stop? It is a white color. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what happened was that uh, Safa didn't have money then. So Safa couldn't afford other uh. people in the in the association. So they had to uh, cut other people. So I was the one that had to be cut as well uh, because of um, the financial situation at Safa. So, um, yeah, that's what, that is what happened. Ah, very disappointing. Surely they should prioritize that role, man, especially when you've got a former Bafana captain and Brabane is now retired. So that role seems to be uh, vacant. And how important is that role, Mbazo, in a national team when you become a link maybe between the players and the coaching staff and the administration, especially for yourself as a former captain of, Na- of Bafana? It's very important, Tiza. Uh, it's very important because um, when, when we talk, um, more especially these guys that are playing now, the, the current crop. Uh, when you talk, more especially that you have traveled and you have made it in life, you have made it in your career, they tend to listen. So that, um, that link between uh, the players and, and, and the coach, if I can put it that way, mm. it's very important. I mean, uh, that's what we need. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying anything wrong with uh, managers that uh, have never played football, football before. Mm. But uh, when it comes to the national team, um, remember w- w- when you play against a team like uh, or a country like Ivory Coast, they still they still recognize actually um, who is uh, Aaron Mukwena, mm. and that is part of the team. It it, it rings a bell. It rings a bell to them, and it put a bit, a bit of um, a bit of of a pressure to them as well. So um, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a very important role for for ex footballers, more especially ex footballers that I have that have equipped themselves. Uh, as I said earlier on, I mean, going to school, studying sports management, going to um, to a class to to do my UEFA license. I wanted to be ready if um, if I, I were to change my mind at any time. For those who are just joining us, we are talking to former Bafana Bafana captain Aaron Mukwena. You can send us your voice notes to 061-4104-107. Now, Mbazo, you played over 100 matches for the country. You mentioned that you grew up in the dusty streets of Boipatong. Did you ever imagine that your international career would go so well? To be honest, I have never, I have never thought that um, uh, I could, uh, I could hit the, the miles that I, that I had. Uh, but as I said again, 
um, I had that, that, that drive. You know, um, I wanted to make it in life. And I, at school, actually, I played in, in so many sporting goals. Uh, sporting, sporting uh, uh, but the fact is that uh, from the dust street, with um, a family, a big family and a one parent, I felt that, you know what, um, I have to really have that, um, that, that, that drive, that, that fire in the belly, and, and make sure that um, if I do get that opportunity, I run with it. I run with it, and I don't look back. And that's exactly what happened to me. Are you satisfied with your time at Bafana Bafana or with what you achieved at Bafana Bafana or your time leading the team? I am, Tisa, to be honest. I am. Um, look, I mean, hitting 100, 100, over 100 games. 107. Uh, over 100 games. Uh, look, I'm still waiting for, for anyone, to be honest, or anyone that, that can break that, that record. Um, and I will, I will seriously congratulate him as much as when I, when I, when I became the youngest player ever to represent the national team. Mm. Uh, I congratulated um, uh, this youngster from Sundowns, uh, uh, and I said to him, "Look, go on. You have, you have what it takes. You have the future in your hands. But now it depends on you." So, um, yeah, hitting 100 games. Uh, remember, in, in those 100 games, I didn't play only games, just, just games. I mean, I played serious games, and I have um, played under serious um, coaches. So, for me, actually, um, it's a tap on, on the shoulder. Uh, and and, and I, I'm, I'm still saying, I'm still saying that um, I hope, I really hope that one one player can break that, that record so we can talk about him, not, not about Aaron Mukwena, as much as now we're talking, we're talking about the squad of 96. Have you heard what Itumelen Kune has had to say recently? He wants to go for your record. He's on 91. <laughs> Listen, as I'm saying, um, I'm saying I'm waiting for any player. He do, he do have so much to take. You know, um, has so much in his in his ability uh, to break the record, and that's exactly what I'm sitting here waiting for. You know, he's a. For me, I think in South Africa, when we talk when we talk about goalkeepers, uh, we're talking about Itumelen Kune. We're talking about uh, Super Sport goalkeeper. Those are two goalkeepers that I think um, they have what it takes. So um, Itu has what has what it takes. So it's it's upon you to, to, to make sure that um, um, he breaks this, this, this record. And I, I cannot wait. I, I promise you I can buy a champagne for, uh, for it if he does it. <laughs> You're a good man, Aaron Mukwane. Let's just take a call here from Bramoro in Bloom. Good evening, Bramoro. Chief, how are you? Fine, thanks in you, sir. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the good chance, always. You are one of the best sports presenters we have in Africa, not in Zamzi. I give that credit to you. T- take it or leave it. Thanks, Bramoro. You too, kind. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Please, let me ask your guest, um, what is the, uh, what is all-time Bafana squad, the best of the best, the best from previous till now? Secondly, what does he think 
is being lacking in the current Bafana squad. Like since the likes of him, Benny McClarty, McFish, we haven't had a Bafana even going to the AFCON, maybe the quarterfinal or semifinal. We even hosted a World Cup. We could have made a history. So from his experience, the goals he has scored for the country, what does he think is being lacked? And lastly, is he available to probably put his uh, ideas in the current Bafana squad? without even, let's say, in a voluntary terms, without the government paying for him. Because what we see now is everyone has to be committed to help the national team. The government mm. is not willing to call us, okay. but we have to call ourselves to save the country. Thanks, Bramoro. He was already there. He was team manager. We have no idea why they let him go. But Mbazo, he wants to know which was the best Bafana squad that you played in. Um, I think the best squad that I played with or in, um, that was the, the squad in 2002 World Cup in mm. Japan and Korea. Mm. Then I was, um, I was still a little boy and I played all the games. And I was so fortunate that um, I had to rub shoulders with the, the likes of Lucas Varede, you know. Mm. Um, yes, I mean, that for me, actually, um, I think it was, um, it was a serious, serious light. In, in, you know, at the end of the tunnel, I felt that um, it is possible. It is possible to go through. It is possible to make sure that um, I, I am remembered. So um, I, I hear that um, the question from Pramoro is that uh, what is lacking right now mm. with the current current crop? Um, I think, look, this is simple. We we sitting here talking about uh, the squad of 1996, the identity of squad of 1996. It was there. We knew that um, who is the goalkeeper and who is the, the striker. So right now, actually, it's so difficult. I mean, um, it, 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 it's a tough one. It's a tough one, but I'm sure that um, having um, the coach, Museki, uh, Museki, he's a product of SAFA. Uh, he's a graduate of, um, of SAFA. So he understands that, um, you know, it's, um, we need to build this house. But for us, actually, um, are always, we always think that um, to build a house, you need the resources. You know, um, does Moseki have those, those, um, those resources? I mean, yes, I understand that um, he's, he's a South African coach. Uh, normally, when we have um, an overseas coach, that's when actually we tend to, to give it all as um, South African Football Association. But do, do, we, do we give... Um, Museki, the resources that he needs to build this house. Um, it's a simple thing. Right now, we don't have that um, identity, and it's an, it's an identity that Museki, um, uh, um, Museki, he's trying to, he's trying to, um, to, to bring in, in South African people. And you are also part of that Amakluk Luk Sydney 2000, right, Mbazo? That bit Brazil? Yes, yes, yes I was. Yes, yes, yes. I, was. I remember that. Let's play some of the voice notes. So many people have comments for you. Good evening, everybody. This is Itumileng from Middleburg. Hey, you have a legend there. Jersey number four, Mr. Centurion Mbazo. Well, sir, I have a couple of questions for you, right? Number one, um, given that you moved to Europe at an early age, what are some of the lessons that you can, um, that you've learned there that you can relay or share with somebody who has aspirations to go play in Europe, right? Um, how 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 should a person conduct himself to actually succeed there? And also, I want to talk about the 2010 World Cup. Um, you played under two different coaches, uh, 
Pereira and also Santana, did you feel the difference in terms of skill between the two coaches? And also, I remember Taviso saying that um, actually coach Santana was known for for being in, in, in the ad business there in, um, in Brazil. So why did you feel the need to defend him when everybody was against him? Thank you. evening to you, Tabiso, and your guest. Many congratulations to your guest. He has served the country and he has served the world on international platforms. Big up to him for that. I'd just like to know what's his take on the playoff system we have. And secondly, what's his take on Pizzo Mosimane's move to Al-Ahli in Egypt? Thank you so much from Chapter 2. Okay, thanks for those. Maybe let's wrap up the one about the national team. Bazo, 2010 um, World Cup, did Tumeleng wanted to know the difference between Pereira and Santana? Yeah, I think the, the difference uh, between Santana and Pereira, it wasn't much. I mean, remember when, uh, when Pereira took over? Uh, 2009, uh, that was confirmed. He, he had to go back because of um, family, family issues. And then he had to bring a person, and that was the that was what Safa actually agreed with him. He he had to bring a person that wouldn't break um, uh, what he's trying to build. So uh, the difference between them both, it wasn't much to be honest. It wasn't much. What Santana actually brought uh, in the team is exactly what uh, uh, Pereira actually brought in the team. Earlier on, you spoke about discipline. That's exactly what uh, both coaches for me actually brought. They brought discipline, discipline, discipline. And most of all, uh, remember that um, this is your job. You know, that, that's exactly what they, they always said to us. Um, this is your job. And it's even worse because this job of yours, um, at the age of 35, if, you, if you're lucky, you, you might retire. So make sure that... Um, you dedicate yourself. Make make sure that, that you commit yourself. Um, more especially, um, Carlos Pereira, he always said to us, you have to understand um, what qualities you have, especially in, in South African South African footballers. You have to know actually what, what qualities you have. And there were few. He said to us, one, you are quick, you have technique, uh, you have to understand, you wouldn't play uh, the same football as um, um, in England, for instance. Um, England, they have tall players. Uh, you have short players. And unfortunately, you have to ask. So you have to use that advantage. Being quick is an advantage to you guys. Um, having, having that technique is an, is an advantage to, um, to you guys. And it's exactly what, um, what Santana as well, uh, as well um, said, said to us. But then coaches, what actually they brought was to lay the foundation and the, the coach to come after them um, would build from that, um, from that foundation. And Itumalang, you can go to YouTube, actually go, go Google or go find on YouTube Joel Santana Head and Shoulders uh, adverts. That's what he was advertising when I was in Brazil. He was a big TV star. Bazo, um, I'm going to take one question at a time, guys, because of time. There was a question about Pizzo. Having worked with Pizzo at Bafana Bafana, are you surprised by his growth as a coach? I'm not at all. You know why I'm not, Tisa? Uh, there was a time when, normally in the bus, I wasn't sitting at the back. I always tried to sit behind the coaches. 
And what Tito used to do, he used to have um, um, a small a small laptop, and he would analyze each and every match. He would analyze each and every player. He would he would read a lot, like he would read books. He would he, he would literally his life basically um, it was football. So um, I'm not surprised that now he's doing well. I mean, I had an opportunity to sit with him in his house. Um, he showed me so many things in his house, and he, to- he, t- he told me so many things, and he taught me so many things. And he said to me, look, you have to go back to coaching. You have to make sure that um, you equip yourself in terms of coaching so that when you coach, you won't be questioned. Let's talk about your time now in Europe, Aaron Mugwena, just for the sake of time. I mean, here in South Africa, you were uh, playing for Jomo Cosmos. How how were you spotted firstly by Brajay? Uh, Brajay came to... Then we were playing inter... inter well, they used to call, call it um, an inter, inter-toto. Well, okay. Um, all the, the provinces mm. would need... Um, that, that was under 17. Mm. Would meet at, um, at one place and play uh, a tournament. So that's when Brajay showed up. That's where actually he showed me, uh, he saw me playing, and and he told me he told my coach that look, um, I want three players in your in your team. So that's how actually I ended up now playing for for Cosmos. Oh. And then you moved to Ajax. How did that move to Ajax come about? And how old were you then? Then I was um, I was seventeen and a half, almost eighteen, I think. Um, that move actually um, remember. I was in the squad to go to to France World Cup, and Prajay said to me, "Look, do you want to play in the in the World Cup? Before the World Cup, actually, I played in uh, in in the tournament in France with the under twenty three in Toulon. Mm. So in Toulon, Liverpool, they were there, and they wanted to they wanted to sign me right on the spot, and um, I had to choose whether I want to play in." Um, in the World Cup in uh, 1998, or I want to be signed by one team in, in Europe. Mm. And we decided that, you know what, let me go and play for, for Leverkusen. Mm. So that's how actually um, that Leverkusen move came along. So you went to Leverkusen before Ajax? You went to Leverkusen's youth team? Yes, correct. So basically, I, I went to, to Germany. I signed a professional contract. Mm. And then from there, I went to play. Um, well, I played a few games, not in the first team, but in, in the in the reserve. Um, then Ajax came knocking, um, and I had to decide again whether I want to go and play in Ajax or I want to stay in Liverpool. But because um, in Liverpool they were so keen uh, in uh, in Ajax, sorry, in Ajax they were so keen to to have me. And remember, then they had. Uh, uh, Benny McCarthy. So I felt that you know what, um, having 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 Benny McCarthy next to me, probably I can learn a lot, and I'll be I'll feel at home. So um, yeah, when I wow. came came knocking, um, they had to pay for me to um, to leave um, to leave Liverpool to to join Ajax. So that's how actually um, uh, I joined Ajax. And how different was the setup from where you were coming from at Cosmos and to Germany now and then to Ajax? There was a, a serious difference, uh, Kiza. There was a serious difference. I mean, 
at Ajax, the setup, they actually I had to play from the I had to I had to be in, a, in their development development team. Young Ajax um, of Ajax, yes. And remember, in in, in Liverpool, I was playing for for the reserves, mm. uh, so it was reserves and first team. But at Ajax, the difference was that um, my development um, was put on. So basically, um. I had to really go back and uh, and, and find myself mm. um, as, as, as a youngster. Then I felt that I have achieved. But when I get to Ajax, I had to really back, I had to go, go back and play with the youth and graduate and play with the reserves, graduate and play with, um, um, with, the, with the first team. So the difference from Cosmos to, to Germany um, it was something else. Remember, in, in, in Cosmos, I didn't have the, that development structure. Well, I didn't have that development um, in me. When I got to Germany, the same thing happened. But when I got to Ajax, uh, right now, actually, I, I, I can say, um, at Ajax, that's where actually I felt that I was a youngster mm-hmm. growing to be, to be a man. And when you are 17 or 18 in Basel, do you then live in a club, in a club um, apartment with the players or do you live with a family in the country that you are in just to get used to the environment? Well, at, um, at, in, in Germany, I was living by myself. That was the torture. Oh. When, when I got to, um, to, um, to, to Amsterdam at Ajax, I had to live with a foster family. Um, that foster family actually they could speak English, they could speak Dutch or Netherlands, Netherlands, and and I felt at home. That's where actually I felt at home. That's where actually I could uh, I could enjoy my football as um a, a, as a young boy. That's when I felt that you know what I was in a family um envi- environment, and that made me actually to be to be what I am today. You then moved to Belgium, Aaron Mukwena, Geminal Beerscott, and, and Genk. Do you think, babe, probably that's where you started making your mark in Europe? I think so. I think so because um, remember, Ajax had a, um, had a had a team in in Belgium. So um, going to Belgium, it was I was going to to Be- actually basically Ajax asked me, "Do you want to go to Belgium? We have a team in Belgium. Do you want to go to go to to Belgium and play more games?" And I said, yes. I mean, I got to, to Belgium. Uh, I became the captain in Belgium. I scored a couple of goals in, in, in Germany, Beerscott, and I was one of the favorites um, at the team. So um, from then, obviously, I, I went to Racing Gang. Racing Gang had to buy me from, from Ajax. So um, that continuity for me, I, I think, um, yeah, um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed it. And in general, Beerscott, I think, that's where actually um, I felt that um, yes, I mean I can do this. And then you secured your dream move to England. Was that a dream move? Is that what you'd wanted to go play in the English Premier League? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, remember the the likes of Lucas Radebe, the late uh, Phil Massinga, um, Mark Fish. They used to play in um, in in EPL. And that was the game. That, that was the, the, uh, let's say the the league that I felt that um, would suit my my style of play. Mm. And um, and it always been a dream. I mean, as, as the guys or as the players when we were, were playing in Belgium, 
we always talk, we always talk, talk about um, EPL. We spoke about your 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 Spanish league, but most of us actually we felt that if I can get that opportunity to go and play in EPL, I would never say no. So um, it's always been a, a, a dream, and fortunately, a, a dream came true. And how do you describe your style of play, Aaron Mukwena? Because it seems like here at home it was misunderstood. Versatile. That was my style of play. Versatile. I mean, I got to England. Um, I played right back. I played holding midfielder. I played right wing. I played um, centre half. So I could play wherever where um, the, the the manager or the coach would uh, would ask me to play. Why did you choose Blackburn? Was it the only team interested, or did you choose Blackburn? I had two teams actually when I was at the racing gang. I had two teams that were were interested. Bolton Wanderers was was interested. Um, Blackburn Rovers was interested, but um, uh, I had to choose between Bolton. Bolton then Sam Alvarez was the was the manager, mm. and in Blackburn, uh, Matthews was Matthews was the manager. So I felt that you know what. Uh, under Mark Hughes, that's 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 a person that um, I can probably grow better, and yeah, uh, that's that's the choice that I that I, that I had to make. And he played you as a holding midfielder, Mark, Mark Hughes. What did he see in you? Or what did he say? Or what did you make of that? Because most of the matches you were just in front of that defense. No, the, the, my first game, my first game actually, I had to uh, substitute. Uh, Ferguson. Ferguson was the uh, one of the most important player in in England and in Scotland. Mm. Originally, he was from Scotland, so he got injured and he was he was leaving the club. So as he got out, or or, or as he, he got substituted, um, I had to take his role. So um, yeah, I started playing as a holding mid for that game. It was FA Cup. And then from there, I played as a as a centre half. And were you were you comfortable? Is that Barry Ferguson? Barry Ferguson, oh, yes. yes, MBE. He received an MBE. Were you comfortable in that in that position of a holding midfielder? I was comfortable everywhere, um, Tabiso. I was comfortable everywhere. Um, hence, hence, I'm saying. I mean, um, the player that I, I, I was, and that's exactly what um, what my views actually uh, thought that. Um, they should they should make sure that they sign me. I mean, they were signing not not um, one player for one position. Mm. So basically, they, they were signing three players for one position. I mean, and one play one one position in one player. So um, I was comfortable to play anyway, anyway. But I enjoyed myself when I moved from uh, from Blackburn to Portsmouth. Um, in Portsmouth, that's when actually I was. Um, I had to. I had to play uh, holding midfielder. Before we get to your time at Portsmouth, how do you describe Mark Hughes as a manager? Because you seem to speak highly of him. We used to call him Spiky. <laughs> Spiky, <laughs> Spiky for me, he's always been a father figure. Um, earlier on, I said I grew up with no father. Um, I grew up well with a single parent, which is my mom. Uh, but Rajay and Spiky for me, they were, they were the father figures to me. So Spiky for me, actually, he sparked this, um, um, this, this, this journey for me. 
and and he would he would understand. At any time when I went to him, complaining to him, he would give me time, and he would really give me a football advice. You know, he would. I mean, I, I played at, at Blackburn for five years. You know, uh, because he, he never wanted me to leave. There, so many times I wanted to leave, and so many times I, I had offers, but he always said to me, you stick with me. So, um, and I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed myself playing uh, under, under Sparky. I think it's because he played football before, and he played um, football before in, an inter- like in a high standard of football. So playing for Manchester United, um, for me, I felt that, you know what, he is the person that I can listen to. So I, I really, really um, enjoyed myself. And the fans seem to love you at Blackburn. How do, how do you? What can you tell us about the fans there at Ewood Park? Marwanata, so you don't talk about uh, the sco- the goals that are scored. At <laughs> <laughs> There's one you scored against. Was it Sunderland? <laughs> Were you at Blackburn yes, when you scored against Sunderland? I, I, I scored the most the most important goals. I only scored. Yes. I, I, I only scored. Uh, you know, most important goals. So. Um, at Blackburn, I scored against Man City. Yes. I scored against I FA scored Cup against, against Man City, ne? There we go. There we go. Now you remember. Yes. Um, yeah, but um, like I'm saying, I mean, I really, really enjoyed myself. Um, the fans actually, are, I connected w- w- with the fans. Um, this is what I always say to the boys: uh, when you move to Europe, you have to make sure that um, you connect with the with the fans. Yes, at times you find that. You're not even making the team. But once the fans would love you, listen, you're in forever. And once the manager gives you a chance, as much as the fans love you, you have to make sure. And you have that, that extra supporter. Mm. Um, whether you're a foreigner or you are, but the fact that the fans, you connect to the fans and the fans love you and the manager loves you, what else, what, what else do you want? Yeah. So then why did you leave for Portsmouth? I, I had an offer. I had an mm. offer to uh, to go to Portsmouth. So remember, when I when I moved, um, my, my my contract actually finished, and um, Sam Allardyce was the coach. Well, I, I played under Matthews. I played un, uh, under Paul Ince. I played un, under Sam Allardyce. So I had to leave after uh, Sam Allardyce. Mm. Uh, the reason why I had to move is because I had a I had an offer to, to Portsmouth, so that's what made, made me to move. And how was your time at Portsmouth? I enjoyed it. I mean, pl- playing at FA, FA Cup final. Mm. FA Cup final, I think in South Africa, uh, we only two players, it's myself and um, uh, Stephen Pinar, who played at FA, FA Cup final. When we talk about FA Cup final, I think the whole world, um, knows what is FA Cup final. So I, I really enjoyed myself, and I kept playing the, the, the club as well. So, um, yeah, um, I, I really did. I, I enjoyed myself. Again, I mean, the fans um, loved, uh, loved me to be around as well, and I had that connection again with, 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 with the fans, but not, not bad. I was, I was mean bad. I mean, um, I, 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 was, I was just a normal player. Uh, but the captain of, of the club. So um, I had the beautiful time ever at, um, at Portsmouth. And what is it with the FA Cup, Mbazo? Because the goals I remember that you scored in England were in the FA Cup. You scored a couple um, in the FA Cup. It, it, the FA, FA Cup final is like playing... It, it, it's a dress re- rehearsal to, to the World Cup. 
you know. Um, I think playing at, in, in, at the, the Olympics, playing at the World Cup, that's where FA Cup final comes in. It comes in between those, um, those big cups. So, um, yeah, FA Cup final is one of the most important cups in the UK. And, yeah. I mean, it's watched by, by, <laughs> by the whole world. Yes, and if I remember, when you reached the FA Cup, you were relegated, right, as Portsmouth? When you reached no, the final? We, we got relegated, not, not relegated per se. Uh-huh. Um, remember, Portsmouth went under. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, because of financial issues. Yes. So um, that's when actually, um, w- when I was, I was there, actually, we didn't, we didn't go down. Mm. We, we only went down when I left, I would say, yeah. uh, because of obviously fi- financial reasons. I mean, yes, um, up, you know, no, we played at, at, um, at the first division because of financial, financial uh, difficulties at, at the club. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, Did you get your money? Uh, which one? Uh, from Portsmouth, when they went. <laughs> which money? Which money? From from Portsmouth when they went bankrupt, did they at least sort no, you out? We, we, we all had had our money. Okay. We all had our, had our money. I, I still have my house, by the way, in Portsmouth. Ah, great stuff. Finally, <laughs> Mbazo, for me, one of the accolades that a lot of people don't talk about when it comes to you is you receiving the freedom of the city of London. I mean, what does that mean to you? Because it doesn't just get given to anybody. No, it, it means a lot. It means a lot, Tisa, more especially as a foreigner. Um, you know, uh, getting that acknowledgement of, um, of freedom of London, uh, it means a lot. I mean, Lucas Valet actually went to Leeds and he done well. Mm. Uh, McFish went to, to, um, to EPL and he done well. The late Phil Masinga as well. But uh, being recognized um, in that manner, for me, I think um, it's the the experience or the memory that I will go down with it for, yeah, for forever. Great stuff. Aaron, we are going to have to leave it there just because of time. But it's been a pleasure talking to you, really talking about your career. And, and once again, one more message. What does it take to succeed? What does it take to go as far as you did, Aaron? Because people will say, no, but Mbazo was not that talented. He was not skillful. But numbers don't lie. Your record speaks for itself. I think it's um, probably two or three things. I mean, as I spoke about um, drive, as I spoke about discipline, and as I spoke about, you know, um, setting goals for yourself, you know, once you can set goals for yourself and have role models, you can be able to, to tick boxes. And that's, that, that, that's all. That, that's all I actually I, 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 I can say. I mean, um, I have set goals for myself, and I was so fortunate to to have role models around me. And um, and and what happened is that uh, I end, I ended up now being um, Aaron Aaron Mukwena today. There you have it, folks. There you have it. For an aspiring footballer, take those words of advice for Aaron Mukwena. Thank you, Captain, for speaking to us. It's been an honor to chat to you. We wanted to trace your journey, and most importantly, give you the respect that you deserve, sir. Okay, he's gone. Bazo, Aaron Mukwena. And we're also going to go now because it's 7 o'clock. We have to go to news and Bridget Masinga is up next.